are here to worship the newborn king. And uh, what a blessing that is. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Are you ready for Christmas? We might as well be, hadn't we? It's here or at least around the corner. But you know, we may never be totally ready, but we are here to get ready. So let me encourage you, if you are not ready for King Jesus, today's a good day to get ready. In honor of God's Word, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may go. Or come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, 
They departed for their own country another way. God bless the reading of his word. Pray with me. Truly, our Father, we bless you and praise you for this good news of great joy, which came to all people. And Lord, today there is no one who is to be left out of this good news of great joy. King Jesus has been born. We've celebrated his birth for over 2,000 years. And Lord, as long as we go on and earth goes on, may we worship him and celebrate his birth. And may we praise your name for this great news for the salvation of mankind and the hope of all mankind rests in Him. Speak to our hearts today, O Lord God, through Your Word, by Your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. We do not have kings and queens in America. Some may think they are kings and or queens, but we do not have kings or queens in in America. Um, There is, however, a king who demands our fellowship, who demands our uh, bending and bowing of our knee and head to rule and reign in our lives. But he is not a tyrant. He is not a dictator. He is one God who loves His creation. And He has provided for us as His creation that necessary provision of life, love, grace, and mercy. And we see all of that wrapped up in this passage of Scripture, in this little baby born in Bethlehem. There were three wise men. Why are they called wise men? The Greek New Testament names them magi. They are wise, they were kingly uh, men, Parthians, and out of Persia they came. And it's interesting to follow this passage of Scripture and to see that they came specifically to worship the Lord Jesus. They said, we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And verse 11 tells us that when they saw Mary and the young child, they fell down and worshipped him. These 
magi, these wise men, were those who were king makers. They usually presided over the coronation of kings. The putting of their hand, their mark on kings. Um, If you've seen anything of uh, uh, the British royalty of this past year, you've seen uh, the making of of the king and uh, the setting of all that it took, the pageantry, the beauty, that all were privileged to see all around the world. But did that make him godly? (laughs) No. Did that make him a savior? No. Did it make him more important than you or me? No. Here is a testimony of men whom we know very little about. After this passage, there's nothing else that tells us anything else or expands on what this passage tells us of these wise men. They travel a great distance to find the baby Jesus, to worship Him, to honor Him, to give Him gifts. In all probability, it is part of where we get the concept and idea of giving gifts or bestowing gifts. These wise men were powerful oriental kingmakers. They recognized this king and they recognized that he was set apart. And even though they had no part in the coronation of him, they did recognize him as king of kings. They came from the east. They were of the priestly political class of Parthians living east of Palestine. Their influence grew and it was combined with knowledge, knowledge of science, of history, agriculture, mathematics, and the occult. They were prominent men of their day. According to historians, no Persian ever became king without mastering the scientific and religious disciplines of the Magi. These Magi from the East literally means from the rising of the sun and refers to the Orient. These Magi had been influenced somehow by Jerusalem. Somehow by God and the Word of God. Possibly even by some of the prophetic writings of Isaiah, especially Daniel as well. They appear to be among the God-fearing Gentiles of their day. Now, how about that? God-fearing Gentiles. Jesus 
was a Jew. And the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. So it's interesting, is it not, that many of those who were not of the Jewish people did receive him, did acknowledge him, did know who he was. Several historians, Josephus in particular, stated their belief in a coming ruler by reporting that about the time of Christ's birth, the Jews believed there was one coming from their country who would be ruler of the world. God made it known to these travelers, these wise men, these magi, by the star in the east, as they followed it to the birth of the king of the Jews. They came to find this king and worship him. We get caught up in all of the accoutrements of Christmas time. The lights, the trees, the beauty, the pageantry. All of it. Gift giving. Let me encourage you this Christmas. If you haven't before, and I hope that you have, But if you haven't before, sit down with your family at Christmas time when you have them together. Read the Christmas story and focus on this king in a manger. Let him be the focus of your Christmas. Let him be the focal point of what Christmas is all about. Without Christ, there is no Christmas. And so, when you see Xmas out there, that means they've left Christ out. Put Christ in. And let it be Christmas. We have in what these magi pointed out here, we have come to worship Him. Pointing to the authority and the rule and the reign of Christ Jesus over them. Over them. Their lives. These magi, these all-important Men of wisdom, science, technology in that day. Yet, they bent and bowed to Almighty God, the little baby, King Jesus, born in a manger, to worship Him. And they recognized Him. They were kingmakers. But there's another one in this passage that was a king taker. Look with me at verses 3 through 9 again. 
When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. I guess he was. Because somebody was going to take his place. And that's what he was afraid of. But not only that, Jerusalem knew that he would do anything necessary to keep his throne. So destroying other lives was nothing when he wanted to destroy and put out the the word to kill all of those babies who were born at such and such a time. How tragic. He even killed his own family to maintain his throne. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Isn't it interesting? They're going back to the word of God. They're going back to the prophet who prophesied the birth of Christ. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem. Well, they were going to Bethlehem anyway. Go. He said, search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him. He wasn't going to worship him. He was going to kill him. When they heard the king, they departed. They listened long enough to get the message and then leave. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I still remember this verse being one of the cantatas that our church choir did. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. You ever looked up at the stars at night and see the beauty of the stars, the light that they give off? And, and there are several bright stars out there, the North Star and, and several others, in the constellation that that shine brighter than others. And the beauty of creation, of what God has planted, you might say, in the sky and has given to us. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great, exceedingly great joy. That's, that's pretty, pretty doggone happy. 
That's a whole lot of joy. That's a whole lot of rejoicing in there. Exceedingly great joy. Well, it would be enough to just say great joy, but he didn't stop there with just joy and great joy. He went on to express it even more great, exceedingly great joy. It tells me this time of year ought to be one of the most exceedingly great joyous times for us. Why? Because of the baby. Born in a stable. Grew, became a man. King Jesus. He's not on a throne here on earth. But he's on a throne. When he died and was buried, and on the third day when God raised him from the dead, and then 50 days later, he ascended to heaven. And the Bible says he took his seat at the right hand of the Father. He's seated on his throne there in glory. And one day, this same Jesus is coming again. He's coming back to earth, not born in the stable again, but he's coming riding a white stack. And you talk about exceedingly great joy. That's marvelous, wonderful joy. But we've got a, a king taker here in Herod, King Herod. When he heard of the birth, he was troubled, he was frightened, he was thinking he was going to lose his throne. And hallelujah, if he had. He was a very devious, deceptive, destructive individual. Self-centered, selfish, cared about nobody but himself. Why else would Herod kill infant boys? He had usurped the throne to be where he was. He had no legitimacy in reality in claiming to be king Herod. After driving the Parthians out of Palestine, he set up his kingdom. Cruel, merciless, jealous, suspicious. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like some in our day, doesn't it? All of this gives recognition to the realization of the authority of this baby. That's why he was afraid. King of the Jews. And the only authentic king to rule and reign in the lives of people. You see, Jesus didn't come to rule and reign on the earth. 
then. He came to rule and reign in our heart and lives. That's what he wants to do today. He's, he's not trying to usurp our world's thrones, but he knows about them, and he's got a plan so that everything is working to his plan and his purpose. Don't ever lose sight of that. The world may look like it's falling apart. It may look like it's going to Hades in a handbasket. But friends, listen. The king of kings is on his throne, and he has his hands on everything. He is in control. These wise men were king makers. Herod was a king taker. Oh, but look at the gifts that these kings, king makers gave. When they came into the house and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, in verse 11, fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, probably through the years you've probably studied, you've probably looked at Sunday school books, probably uh, Will and, and other preachers probably preached on what these gifts were, what they meant, etc. So I'm going to remind you of them today. Because we need to see them in light of what they are. The kingly treasures, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can you imagine? We don't know, we're not told how they traveled. They could have, it could have been on, on donkeys, it could have been on camels, um, it could have been any other uh, way. Uh, but they carried the gifts with them. Now, what does that remind you of? You go into Grandma's house on Christmas Day, getting ready for Grandma's lunch. Turkey, ham, chicken, beef. That would be my preference, but be that as it may. Uh, Potato salad, cream potatoes, gravy, dressing, biscuits. (laughs) Am I making you hungry? (laughs) Uh, You know, and, and what in the world have you taken with you. You probably took some food with you, but also in your vehicle, you carry gifts. You've got to get those gifts out of the car. Put them around the tree, perhaps. Or put them in there where they are ready to be opened. These magi, these kingmakers, carried these gifts with them. They traveled a long distance. 
these gifts represented who these magi were. And the authority, not of them, but of the baby Jesus. The star that went before them guided them to where the baby was. You'll recall that they came to Jerusalem and they began asking, where is he who is born king of the Jews? They recognized the prophecy from of old. And they were prepared to bow down and worship. And the Bible says they fell down. They, they, they didn't just, uh, just stand there. They fell down. They got on their knees. They bent their head and bowed their head to the baby Jesus because he was King Jesus. Where is he who is born King of the Jews? And they worshipped him. They recognized him. And then they presented him with kingly treasures. Gold. Gold has long been the most precious of metals, a symbol symbol of value and wealth. In the Old Testament, it was used extensively in building the temple. Go back and uh, and read the Chronicles and and, uh, the Psalms and see how King David furnished the temple that his son Solomon built. Gold. And things overlaid in gold. Gold here, gold there. Gold utensils in the worship. Gold. They spared nothing because it was a place of worship of King Jesus. And the Magi presented him gold, fitting for who he was. Jesus Christ, King of the world, Savior of the world. And friend, unless you accept Him today as your sovereign Lord, ruler, He will not be your Savior. For without King Jesus as Savior of your life, He cannot be on the throne of your heart. British Admiral Admiral Lord Nelson was known for treating vanquished foes with courtesy and kindness. It's told after one victory, the defeated officer strode confidently up to Lord Nelson and offered him his hand. With his hand at his side, Lord Nelson replied, Your sword first, sir, then your hand. Jesus must first be our Lord before He's our friend. Gold. But not only gold, they presented to Him frankincense. They presented gifts to Him. Gold. Frankincense. Frankincense was a costly, wonderful smelling perfume. Incense. Used for special occasions. 
is used for grain offerings at the tabernacle and temple, royal processions and weddings. Origen, the great church father, suggested frankincense was the incense of deity. Gold, kingly recognition. Frankincense, deity recognition. It was kept in a special place in the temple and used to sprinkle on certain sacrifices when the people wanted to please the Lord. And finally, verse 11, there was myrrh. Myrrh. Myrrh was also a perfume. Somewhat Less expensive than frankincense, but nonetheless valuable. Some scholars suggest myrrh represents the gift of the mortal, representing Christ's humanity. Gold for king. Frankincense to smell good. Myrrh representing Christ's humanity. Mixed with wine, it becomes an anesthetic. Mixed with other spices, it's used for burial. And they used that on Christ when he died and was buried. These were the gifts of the Magi. Gold. Frankincense. Myrrh. Kingly treasures. Recognizing his authority to rule and reign over our lives. How about you? What do you intend to give King Jesus this Christmas? Do you recognize him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords over your life? He loves you. He paid the price for your sins on Calvary's cross. The Bible says it this way, you are not your own, you are bought with a price. That price was the precious blood of the Son of God. His life. The Bible says the life of the body is in the blood. Let me encourage you. Let Jesus Christ come into your heart and life today if you've never trusted Him as Lord and Savior. Let Him come in. Invite Him in. He wants to come in. He wants to bless you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you life abundant and eternal. If He's not your Lord and your King today, He will be one day. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Pray with me. Lord, What a blessing 
to know that you came born in a stable to be king, but not the earthly king at this time. but king of our heart and life. Lord Jesus, if there's one here today who's never trusted you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today they will make that decision to make you Lord of their lives and let you sit on the throne of their life. For those of us who are children of God already and know your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your kingship. God, help us to renew that kingship with you today. Especially this time of year. And may we give you glory. And may we be exceedingly full of great joy. In Jesus' name, amen.